Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hey, what's going on, Archons? Welcome to another episode of Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. And this week, there are three of us. Yes. Then there were three. Folks, we have some super exciting news to share with you today. The Help from Future Self podcast has grown, and we have now added Future Self to our podcast. Yes, that's right. June is now officially part of the crew and will be joining us probably every week, knowing uh, June's excitement so far. So June, welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much for accepting our invitation and joining Help From Future Self. We're so excited to have you on. Wait, that's me. What? Yeah, that's you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, this is like the best news ever. And I'm so excited to like also come in here with my super crunchy like I'm gonna compete in everything uh side I think I think this will be really fun and um I think we'll we'll bring a lot out of each other this should be this should be awesome I'm I'm holding back screams of excitement because I think one of the most important things that help from future self the podcast embodies is like casual conversation between friends and now I get to talk with one of another one of my closest friends every week like this is yes. just it's, it's amazing yes mm-hmm yeah, I, I completely agree. This was this was a an easy pitch for for me to Sydney. I was like, because uh, I, I wasn't on last week's episode, and I got to be a outside viewer, and I was like, okay, I I see how June would be the perfect fit for that that third person, and I'm so excited you were you were willing to do it, and just hearing the way the way you spoke on that was, um, I don't know, I just I was just like something just clicked from him like this is what's missing is june so i'm so happy that you uh, wanted to come be a part of this because i think we're going to have a blast every week and i think everyone's going to enjoy hearing your take because you definitely have the the strategic side which we don't always dive too deep into which maybe you can bring a little bit more into the help from future self sphere in a casual way yeah exactly yeah (laughs) won't get too sweaty about it as as zach would say yeah (laughs) All right. Well, this week we actually have a really fun episode because it seems from what I can tell that a vast majority of people have received their game found or will be receiving this week on a global scale. We're getting reports in Europe now. Um, Canada got all theirs, as far as I can tell. In my local, I was literally the last person to get my game found. Everyone got theirs on Friday (laughs) and mine didn't make the cut. So I had to wait till the Monday to to get it, but it was great. I didn't mind. I actually had a really hectic weekend, so it was good. I didn't have that distraction. But um, <laughs> we're going to talk about grim reminders, and uh, you you may have guessed from the the title, waste cards and chase cards. So this is kind of our think of it almost like an over under cards that we think are a little underperforming and cards that we are really excited about. But uh, before we dive into that, I know Sydney has some stuff that she would like to share with everyone. So. There has been news recently. They've been really pushing store championships. Uh, Ghost Galaxy has been writing articles, trying to get people to sign up. And I know in our local area, and, and not even local, like the general Midwest, there are about 10 store champs that are being hosted within the month of March. And I, I as much as I would love to actually be able to time travel, I know that I'm not going to be able to make all of them. So that inspired me to give this plea to everyone listening. Now that... Local OP is actually kicking off, something we've been looking forward to for like ever. This is our really our first with GG and best chance to show our friendly local game stores that Keyforge is back. And not only the owners and the employees, but also the people who are playing 
magic, the people who are just casually walking in and seeing signs all over the store for upcoming events. So I I am planning to go to as many as possible because I want each of them to know it's worth it to carry Keyforge. And I want each of them to know that they didn't make a mistake and that Keyforge is back. And also, imagine what a store will think if they run a store champs and they don't get enough people to fire. So don't let that happen. Like the the Woe Game Found may have saved Keyforge, but but the time to save Keyforge OP is right now. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, (laughs) I'm hoping to travel as far as I can, whether that's to Vermont or New York City. Um, Love it. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Yeah, uh, we're we're planning to do, the Albany crew is planning to do a lot of travel. um, And yeah, just show up. I mean, we all love Keyforge and have stood by it for five, I don't know, five years? Crazy. Yeah, right? Yeah, it is wild to think about. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to keep going. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know if I have that luxury here. Our, our honestly, our scene has dwindled to the point where I've only invested in one store championship. Uh, we mm. might be able to pull off two with the second store, but I've I've got one store where I'm actually I have a very good relationship with, and kind of keep Keyforge going that way for us locally. So uh, I don't know if I want to go out too far just because I'm worried about, like you said, I don't want to burn bridges, especially if I'm going to pitch for them to take something new on. So I'm I'm kind of waiting. I think next year is the year that I'm going to put more um, put more eggs in the basket. We'll say I think this is going to be year of incremental building, and then next year I'm I'm hoping that things will have started to grow slowly but surely. That that you can really start making pushes, and uh, I I just think it's the growth of a transition. So this two things that I love in my life is Chelsea Football Club, Keyforge. <laughs> And Chelsea, they sold their team to a new owner and they decided to do a rebuild and everything is kind of in shambles and having to grow slowly again. So this is my life right now, just being patient and letting things grow. Love it. I'm seeing a little bit of a mirror almost (laughs) with Chelsea (laughs) and Keyboard. (laughs) Yeah. Are you a Chelsea fan too, Pachoon? Oh, no. No, no, I don't. No, you're just observing? Yeah. It is a mirror. It is actually wild. I didn't even think about it till I... I, This was not a pre-planned thought. I just realized as I was talking (laughs) that this is real. So, kind of scary. Um, Maybe a life lesson for me right now. Who knows? Um, (laughs) So, why don't we get into our Grim Reminders discussion? So, uh, before we get into a little bit more of a deep dive into specific cards, which we can talk about and share. So, um, that, I guess, is if people are not fully into their Grim Reminders and not wanting to know vast details about cards, this will be an episode that kind of goes that route. So, just so you're forewarned. Um, but let's have maybe a little bit of discussion about Grim Reminders thus far. What is our feeling? What are your just initial thoughts? Um, let's Let's have that kind of quick little take on it in June. Uh, I know you've probably played the most between the three of us. So why don't you kick off your thoughts? Huh? Yeah. Uh, so Grim Reminders is really interesting because the game seems to play out kind of slower than other sets, almost more like, mm, like mass mutation where it's, it's slow, 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 like building of, of uh, resources and cards and then uh, suddenly the game is ending because uh, somebody's reached their win condition, right? Totally. Um, and you're like very often, even though your cards are being like milled off the top of your deck by your opponent or yourself, um, you're still finding ways to reach those cards. Um, and it like creates all these interesting games about like how do I how do I find those? Um, when am I going to play these like 
big bomb cards that care about my opponent uh, not being haunted and me being haunted. Like, how am I going to do that? Like, when's the timing work out? Um, it just feels so much more like a, like a, there, there's like this cool, like, pace of the game um, that's, that's added on top of like the tempo, right? Where you're just like watching each other move. Totally. Yeah. Sydney, I, I've been. I've been, like I said, struggling with the specific mechanics, but the overall games have been super fun. I love the the discovery of new sets. So I think I'm I'm enjoying myself no matter what. And and usually I uh, I end up enjoying myself no matter how much I lose. And that's that's a good thing because I've been doing a lot of that recently. I think <laughs> there have there have been some like overall things that I I hope to find once I've explored more decks like for example a lot of the decks um that i've seen so far they they don't necessarily have as many scrap effects as i was like for as much discarding as we do from hand and not just with the discard pips but the choice to discard things just straight up out of my hand on the turn i call that house i i wish that was more enticing but i guess what i'm looking for is is more more scrap effects in general and there will be decks out there that fulfill this but i have also really liked and I, I hope I am not quoting a rule wrong, but I have benefited from the fact that to, to my understanding, a discard pip on a card can make you haunted for yeah. the effect on that card. So the, that, that happened to me once and it was just really exciting. I went into playing the card thinking that I wasn't going to be haunted and I was just getting to that point so that I could continue my turn with the stuff I already had on the board. But then someone someone told me that that card counted in my discard pile. So I was able to pull off a, a much cooler turn. So yes. I've been enjoying the combo potential right now of Grim Reminders. Mm-hmm. Those turns are so cool. Um, one thing to note about that is like that really works for like play effects. Um, it does not work for like creatures that enter play ready oh. while you um, are haunted, like um, ALBS Stray or the Grim Reaper, um, because they've already entered play before the pip hits. Good to uh, know. Yeah, so watch those. But the play effects are like awesome for that. Totally. What about you, Blake? So for me, I'm I love the feeling of the set. Like this, I, I have to say, I don't know why, but I'm I'm very much over the feeling of winds of exchange. The token, <laughs> I find yes. it's 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 really fun, but it's it's like I need something different now because it's it's tedious having the it, it sounds weird to say this, but it's the monotony of the token because yes. the token is not unique. It's it's consist it's the one time in Keyforge where you have well, I guess if you have a, a if you're for some reason playing a Raptor deck, you could have the same amount, like a whole bunch out. But aside from that, you don't really have the same creature over and over again ever appearing in a way that can be daunting or just like it. It just feels more. I don't know. It's less interesting is the word. I wouldn't. I don't think boring is the word. It's just less interesting is is the word. Sure. Um, but this set has a feeling to it, like a very specific yeah. feeling that it's very Keyforge. But it also is its own thing. And I think the part that I find for me personally most interesting is the way they've curated the design and art, like the visual aspect really goes along with the feeling of as you play it. And I don't know how to describe it more than that. Like there's just this feeling that this kind of more, we'll call it spooky art is mm-hmm. is really like plays well with, with everything. And I just really enjoy playing it. And I completely agree with what June said, how it... It feels sometimes like that first key 
takes forever to get to. And then once that first key happens, there's almost like this snowball effect of where things just start moving along. And there's there's a really interesting back and forth. Um, I haven't really had a chance to test this set against the previous set. So I'm, I'm very curious how that works. Because obviously when they're going against each other, they the, the same set in set play, it's you're going to have the similar things battling against one another. But where is the rock, paper, scissors with other sets? Like how does this have such a huge one up or have a weakness against another set, depending on how things match up? I'm curious to see how how that comes along when we see more um, high level play. Totally. And I actually, because both of you mentioned it specifically, the fact that like this is a big ramp up to a huge reward kind of game. Do you find that it's boils down to the haunted mechanic, the fact that on the first couple of turns, you're not haunted and then you are haunted. And as soon as you're haunted, cooler things can start happening. Is that, would you boil it down to that? Or do you think there's something else there? Not only that, but like, if you, it's like, once you start seeing the cards in your discard, it's not just the fact that you're haunted. It's those cards in the discard that is like really relevant. Um, Because as you start seeing like the way your deck has changed, Mm -hmm. Um, you start playing differently and being able to like speed up your deck and start playing four or five cards a turn and drawing six cards a turn um, and it just speeds up so much for like uh, once you like discard your important card actually you can get it back and so you found your condition right Um, that's really that makes a lot more sense because I I've had decks with a lot of interaction with the discard pile and I'm still learning that I want to either not see those cards in my opening hands or save them until later because if I'm interacting with a discard pile that's less than 10 I'm I'm elongating the amount of time it takes to get haunted but also not making the most of those cards so I totally see what you're saying yeah I see myself doing a lot of plays um for what I call discard tempo, <laughs> like Love it. Um, just playing out cards um, faster instead of making the more like board plus hand play. Um, <laughs> board plus and, hand plus discard. Yeah. Or like sometimes just discarding upgrades because upgrades tend to be like really sticky on the board, right? That's a good point. Um, so it allows me to just, uh, just keep ramping up that discard and especially with... Um, your bigger payoffs, uh, it it somehow it feels more like playing with like Zenzi Zenzik, right? Where if it's in the mm-hmm. center of your battlefield, you draw two extra cards, mm-hmm. and you're often discarding one of your creatures on those turns, sure. um, so right. you can keep that. So like I find I find those sacrifices to be similar to that. So. You just said something that I feel like just defines the difference between the headspace between you and me. You said you usually discard a creature to make sure that Zenzi stays in the middle. For me, my brain would hold on to that creature. So I think Mm. that literally like that's the underlying struggle I'm having. And then the, Mm. the underlying success that you're having is you have a fantastic mindset to sit down and play and discard. And for me, I'm having a hard time not utilizing any card to the fullest. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because I I think the same way June does. Like Zenzi, it's it's not not only do I do that, but there's zero thought. The the question is, <laughs> how do I keep Zenzi in the center? Oh, this is gone. If that means like, I, I really don't care. Like I'll get rid of it. I even sometimes think like, by playing this, how much easier it will be for my opponent. Like next turn, what will happen? Will I still be able to keep it, or will they be able to get an advantage where they could easily create an imbalance where I don't get the card draw? Right. It's true. Like the more creatures you have out on the board, like if if you have four and four on the other side, 
it's much easier for your opponent to get it where like your Zenzi is going to be stuck for like two turns um, if they wipe one side than if you're like two and two. Because ah, then you just play out two creatures, you're good again, right? Yeah, I just need to be in, in both of your brains while I'm playing Grim Reminders. <laughs> yeah, we got to play together. Yes. Yes, Once, exactly. As soon as it's on TCO. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So should we get into our discussion now? Um, I think we'll we'll kind of go in uh, an order of Archon, Arcana house listing just to make it easy because I, I i assume we're all using that as a resource maybe not Sydney, i have it but, up right here but yeah okay <laughs> we can just go house so we'll start at brobnar and uh work our way down so um june why don't you kick things off for us for your brobnar and we're gonna do this is like a one up one down thing one card that we are really enjoying and one card that we think is a little bit more um underwhelming we'll call it yeah, um, so for me, my Brobnar gains have been defined by Recklessness, which is an <laughs> action card um, with an Amber Pip on it, and it also enhances a damage and a discard. And if you recall, like, Glixel Weaponsmith from Winds of Exchange, it had an Amber, a Damage Pip, and a uh, Draw Pip enhancement. And so this is actually really similar except it's not on like a four power creature that feels bad to play. It's <laughs> on an action that feels like punctuated equilibrium. Sure. It's like, it's so fun to play. I have um, some decks that I like with three and four of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like very frequently, like not only playing out like seven Brobnar cards, um, but also like getting like a three, three hand afterwards. Um, it's, it's, it's so fun to play with and also like probably pretty powerful and messes with a lot of my opponent's plans. Um, and I'm really happy to see finally this like very action heavy Brobnar. It's like yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's, love it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. And then my, my uh, unhappiness has been actually some of the, just kind of like what the cards they chose to reprint for Brobnar. Um, just they don't really feel like they uh, add anything to the set other than rock curling giant. Just sure. like all these like least favorite cards <laughs> from like <laughs> from old, um, except for like the actions, which I like a lot. Um, yeah, whenever I see a rare in Brobnar, I tend to be unhappy unless it's like one or two specific ones. I will say sure. uh, there's a rare with a good scrap ability, and I, I that's a, that's a scrap ability I used. Um, yeah, countryside crusher. Uh yes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Radiant um, really cool. with another friendly creature, least or the powerful. least powerful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I I'm gonna follow your uh, your lead with actions because one of the things that I found that I really like and it's so funny. So I I posted this in uh, the Archon Arcana Ask a Judge, and then apparently you June had posted it like days earlier than me so obviously you're ahead <laughs> of the curve um but there is an action card with a pip with a pip because so many co- good cards come with pips choose a friendly creature it's called fight to the end choose a friendly creature if you are haunted that creature gains skirmish ready and fight with that creature so the way that this is worded gives the creature skirmish for the rest of the time it's in play that that was my that was my my understanding from ask a judge and so it it could also like i understood it at the time that i played the reason i asked was we had it 
in our game for the rest of the turn. And then um, we, we didn't give it skirmish further turns because we just, we didn't know how to deal with the timing of this. I guess this is both my like, my disappointed with the confusion, but also really excited about the answer. Um, yeah. So this came in a deck, a Brobnar deck that I have with Shock Herder, which is just a three power creature that has deploy and says play, ready and fight with a neighboring creature. So I was able to use uh, multiple different Brobnar creatures with different fight effects over the course of the turn and then uh, give one of them skirmish with fight to the end and then let it fight again with its fight effect and skirmish and that was just yeah. super exciting that i i really like this and think that it will just simply enhance brobnar houses in the future yeah a crim torch tooth with skirmish is just terrifying Ridiculous. it's the worst mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so crazy oh love it what about um, what was your... a card that hasn't yeah. been fun for you so i to be honest, I really, I haven't found anything in Brobnar yet that has disappointed me, but I, I agree along the lines of, for you, the ones that haven't jumped out at me have been the ones that have been reprinted. I mean, yeah. other than uh, having two Brick Nasties in one of my yeah. decks, like, I feel like yeah. the other the other creatures, like, Bumsy's fun, he's great, the opponent loses an, an, an Amber, and, like, I, I feel like I've just been super excited to explore Brobnar because there hasn't been, for me, many that have disappointed because I've been so focused on the ones that have been great. Yeah. Fair enough. Like um, for me, the um, I'm going to go. With, I'm going to lead with the disappointment in this one. Um, <laughs> oh, no. The disappointment one for me is uh, heavyweight Morik, and it's oh. simply because it's just so vanilla. Like it's great that it's a big eight body creature, but I've it's a common, and you can get a bunch of them, and it's not really doing much. Like I've genuinely been in positions where I was like, should I just scrap this actually? So it's not in my hand next turn because I don't know if I want to go into Brobnar. Um, I mean, it is a big body. It has splash attack too. But aside from that, it is truly just a vanilla body on the board at the end of the day that unless you have other things that are providing benefits to having like Brobnar fight, like Brick Nasties would make it relevant because you could stick with it a few times and fight. Sure. But aside from that, I, I just think it's a it's a very, um, it's too vanilla. I don't want to say boring, but it, it is. It's, 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 but it's just very vanilla. It doesn't have much going on. I mean, it's great that it does have a scrap because we, we do talk about, we mm. wish to see more scrap. So I guess that's maybe where the trade-off thought was, but in, in Brobnar, I think scrapping creatures is less of a consideration. I generally have sure. just because of the fact of the way that you want to have your Brobnar bodies on board. Good um, point. It's nice that they have rock hurling giant though, because then you get that double effect of four plus the two and two. Oh, so yeah. that's that's the one really cool thing I think about like rock hurling giant giant in this set is probably one of the coolest things ever. Like it's like, true. wow, what a great reprint. Like that makes me so happy. And I, I have a deck where I got to utilize it and I was like, oh, oh, that's <laughs> really cool. Especially because you can use it out of house, like outside mm -hmm. of Brobnar, way more than yes. Dakota. Absolutely, yes. it's really it's that's that's one of the reprints that was like an exception for me to my uh, rule. Um, yeah, and on the point of Morik, like I actually really like that as a scrap effect because mm -hmm. um, it kind of like you said, it's like kind of vanilla y, and it kind of just for me like sits on board. Um, but mm -hmm. scrapping it is not only giving me the benefit of the scrap effect, it's also a plus one discard. So I'm like <laughs> closer to my yeah. plan, right? Yeah. Totally. Agree. Yeah. I, I have, um, I actually played a deck yesterday that I opened that had uh, Rock Hurling Giant and the 
Ornar Skullface, which is a five power assault three, but scrap deal three damage to creature. And that's like uh-huh. deal seven damage, four to one, three to another, or just seven to one creature. That's an insane combination to be able to do. Like that's a lot yeah. for just essentially not even playing a card. Well, I guess it is. Scrap is like playing a card. It's, it's such an interesting mechanic. Like I, I really understand why there's this feeling of we, I wish we saw more scrap, but maybe there was a, a moment where there's a threshold where it becomes too much because there is the discarding so easily that they, that it had to be limited. I'm wondering almost because sure. it does seem like it could get out of control in terms of you're just doing a lot. Yeah. Good point. Because when you're in house and you're discarding a card that is of that house, that is like using it as an action. You're right. And then yeah. the the crazy thing is when you are discarding out of house and any discard pip will let you do that. A lot of effects will let you do that. So you're right. It is. It can be like exponentially crazy if you have multiple scrap effects happening outside of your house, because that also means if you're discarding outside of house, you're drawing more. So that's like an yeah. insane turn. Right. And I, I hope that if any mechanic from Grim Reminders becomes evergreen like Enhancement did, I really hope it's scrapped because it, like you said, it adds a lot to the card. Couldn't agree mm-hmm. more. And, and the great thing is, is the fact that we're thinking of it this way, we're like, we want more. It means it was a very well-designed mechanic and I think everyone really enjoys those. So that's, that's great. Now, chase card I'm going to go to is, this is a chase card. Like, this is for reals a chase card. I think people will look for these and find ways to have it. And that is Beanstalk. Yes. It's an artifact <laughs> that's a location that says friendly giant creatures enter play ready. Like, Insane. hello. And then not only that, but wait, there's more. And then it has an action <laughs> ability of search your deck and discard pile for a giant creature, reveal it, and put it into your hand. Like, what? That basically says... You're going to get to find any giant creature in your deck this turn and put it into play and use it all at once. That's it's, insane. It's crazy because the 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 giant creatures enter play is a static effect. So you can have in your hand that artifact and giant creatures and you know yeah. when you the turn you play it. Like they won't even see it coming because you play the artifact, you play your giant creatures ready and I I have a I have a deck with with two brick nasties in the in it with beanstalk and it's 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 ridiculous. Like you play the beanstalk, you play the bricks, you play other brobnar creatures and then you're just it's like printing amber. Yeah, I think people are going to want Beanstalk decks. I, I predict this is going to be one of the things, like you said, Brick Nasty Beanstalk decks are, are going to be a thing. So I'm I'm, I'm excited for that, though, because um, I, I love the love that Brobnar, love the love uh, that Brobnar has been getting since coming back from their, we'll call it exile, because that's really what it was. Um, <laughs> and it's just nice to see that it's coming back and being interesting and people are enjoying Brobnar again. Totally. All right, let's move on to House Equidon next. Okay, House Equidon. Um, why don't I kick off this one since I finished the last one, and we'll go we'll go like that. We'll just go this like sort of snaky way through everything. Love it. Yeah. So, um, I actually wanted to for the card I liked. I wanted to talk about a card that I find it extremely interesting. So it's it's this is not. I don't know if I necessarily like this. But I kind of want to just talk about it because it's it's really and it's a rare, so so it could be a chase. And it's called Equiri's Fulcrum. And it's Ooh. an artifact that gives you a pip that says, at the end of each player's turn, they may gain one ember. If they do, their opponent draws two cards. 
Interesting. It is such a cool card because you have to decide like, okay, I know my opponent, like I'm going to go and check right now. And I know my opponent has this creature that they can take me off one that I can see. So I'm, I need to go to like seven to make sure they can't do that. But then I'm giving them two cards. Is that going to make them dig further into maybe taking me off? Like, it's just a really interesting proposition. I mean, at the end of the day, is the answer you never get that extra ember? Or is the answer you go into check and ask the question because then they have to respond? I just think it's it's such a well-designed card. Or will you unhaunt them? Ooh. Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't even think about that aspect of it. So yeah, that's I guess that's the the good trade-off. So I think it's a it's a really great card, and I think it's gonna have a lot of room in people's um decks and be something people want to have. I mean it's a rare, so so that's I feel like rares are truly chase cards at the end of the day. The the chase cards that aren't rare, you're like, I'm chasing for three or four copies is what the chase part is sometimes. <laughs> right. But um yeah, I, I just think it's a really interesting card and and it feels like one of the most Equidon things I've ever seen. Sure, totally. And then for um, disappointing cards, I, I got to say, I am not a fan of Gegroku Sapper, three power, three <laughs> armor, play after fight, take control of an enemy artifact, give your opponent control of Sapper. The reason why I don't like this card and it, it's falling short is the three armor. The fact that you're giving something mm. that has so much sticking power that you mm. can literally go, let's capture a bunch of ember on this creature. And because it has three armor, I can now fight into you, take back the artifact you have, and now you get your own creature back. But hey, here's some three ember or whatever ember on it. Oh, and by the way, I also have removal. Bye. Get that ember back. It just feels like it's stacked in your um, against you. What's the you. punctuation? There's- Is it, do you have to give? the creature no matter if you get an artifact or not like what if they have no artifacts so you have to not only take control of an enemy artifact period give your opponent control of great they're two separate statements what if if you you have like three or four amazing artifacts then they have that creature to take one of them from you and not only that um so like it's a play effect right so they always get it so if they have no artifacts and you have four Mm -hmm. yeah you don't really want to play it because then they get it but if you scrap it, it says destroy a friendly artifact if you do destroy an enemy artifact. So it still destroys one of your artifacts. Oh my gosh, that stinks. Yeah, yeah it is is really not good. Uh, and that's the thing is like you you actually need to destroy your own artifact. It's not just like if they left it where it's also you can scrap it as artifact removal. I feel like that would have made amazing been better. But the fact that it's conditional, like you have to get rid of your own thing makes it just like, please don't let me see this card. Wow. I would have, if I were designing the card, I would have ordered the scrap effect reverse. So uh, destroy an enemy artifact if you do destroy a friendly artifact. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like the fact that there's periods between if you do a thing, like do a thing, period, then your opponent gets to do a thing. So what you're guaranteeing is your opponent gets to do the thing every time, no matter what. I just think honestly, it's the armor. Yeah. You you get rid of the armor and just make it three power, and it's fine. It should be if yeah. when your opponent has it, they may not get the after fight a bit. Like it's harder for them to trigger oh, the ability. Point. That's yeah. what it is. It's just that three armor makes it like three armor is really like that's a lot. That's very potent. It gets you through a lot of things. It's essentially a six power creature to survive. Like it's it's not ideal at all. So I'm I'm not a fan of that one. Yeah, totally. Sydney, oh. over to you again, I guess. All right. So my uh, my really exciting one. So these these are 
Like if we're going to weigh how excited and how disappointed we are, these for, for Equidon for me are only, only a little bit excited, but kind of cool and only a little bit disappointed, but kind of okay. sad. So for me, the, the exciting one is Incarnation Pod, which is also, it, this one's an artifact. It also has a pip. Um, cause that, those are, those are really the cards that make an impression on me while I'm playing is definitely the ones with pips, but it says action, choose a card in any discard pile and put it on the bottom of its owner's deck. So something June said, like literally just now was you can make someone unhaunted. And Mm -hmm. this is something I found with incarnation pod was actually incredible. Good uh, early game because it's not just bringing someone from 10 to nine, but if they're trying to get haunted early game, and you want to bring them from seven to six or from three to two, you are just making their climb up the hill harder and harder. And then obviously near the end if of your deck, if you want to start putting uh, cards from the your discard pile to the bottom of your deck, you're staying haunted longer. You're recurring cards faster than if you were to wait for the reshuffle. Like this incarnation pod has so many fantastic uses and the the scrap effect is kind of okay purge the bottom card from each player's deck i would prefer it to not be both sided obviously but i think that if you can risk if there are other cards that you've been able to manipulate what's at the bottom of your deck or let's say you don't have a deck left let's say that you decide you get this near the end of your deck and you decide to hold on to it until you have no deck left you're not purging anything so this is my this is my positive uh my excited card um and then my my disappointed card isn't really that bad, but I just had a bad experience with uh, the action card hoax fatality. Oh my um, god! Yeah. <laughs> so this one also has a pip. It says play choose an enemy creature and a friendly creature until the end of the turn. A friendly creature's power is equal to the enemy creature's power. And I just I really didn't get any benefit from it, especially in Equidon. Like this feels like a Brobnar card to me. Like if you can use it to give me something really big to fight with like if the power and it's only one direction so the friendly creature's power is equal to the enemy creature's power so you're not even making the opponent's creature hard to kill so this was my disappointing thankfully it has a pip card yeah oh my god that card I, is I do like it for if a creature is damaged and then you can just make it so that now the damage is lethal and then by doing that swap it just goes away well no you don't swap that's the thing. The opponent doesn't get the the opponent creature oh, doesn't get the all. power. Yeah. You oh, gain that the, is the lame. Uh, it's super <laughs> yeah. lame. Especially <laughs> so the, lame. the problem with giving pips to cards like this is let's say all the creatures on your side are lower power or my creatures have damage. To play this card and and force me to choose a friendly creature that is possibly going to die if it has damage on it and your creatures are low enough power. Because let's say I have a whole line of Brobnar and they're all five to 10 power, but they all have three to five damage on them. And all you have are one and two power creatures out. I might be discarding a card without a scrap effect with a pip so that I don't kill one of my creatures because that would be the consequence of playing this card. So yeah. I, yeah, it was not a, it was not the the best play experience for me. Yeah, yeah I hear that. Agreed. It's lame. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you now. <laughs> it's very lame. Um, for me, I want to talk about actually the inspiration for uh, this su- topic, um, Tudor Binrillo, which is a Ooh. common. Um, it has play, discard up to three cards, your opponent draws a card. So they're always going to draw a card. And scrap, each player draws a card. So they still draw a card, even if oh you're like, God. I don't want this. Ew. Um, right. That's what I thought. 
Um, and I, I remember actually at Worlds, I was talking to like bot or not, I think. And he was trying to convince me that like he wasn't always like he like you could use the play effect to like make your opponent draw out of haunted. I was like, oh okay, so it's it's sometimes not useless. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, that was the joke. But actually, like I in the context of the set, this card makes so much sense. Sure. Because um, you don't always have decks with fifteen discard pips, and you have scrap effects you want to hit. Um, and like you could see this as like a downgraded um, ancient yerk, which is just discard three cards. Sure, but it's not because it's right. discard up to. There's so much more to it. Um, I've actually been really liking this card, um, and we know actually from like belligerent guard, it's not really that bad of a downside to have your sure. opponent draw one card. Because um, like uh, generally, I like belligerent guard so. This is like doing the same thing, just like on a different axis. It's not giving me power or like amber. It's giving me efficiency, which I prefer actually. So, totally. Yeah, I, that one really surprised me. I like also that it's a creature because if you yep. think about it, once you've dealt with whether like the the mental decision whether it's going to be a play or a scrap for you, you then have a creature that can reap or fight. So yeah. it's you're also gaining benefit on the back end, even if this has if, even even if it was a struggle to decide what to do with it. Yeah. Um, the other card for me is actually not one that I think that that's worse for me um, than I thought, but is one that's less impactful. Is Sandworm, which is a 16 power mm. double amber creature, and a lot of people I think were really scared about this card. Um, because it's just like a, it's like a dust pixie, but also sixteen power. Like what? Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing about this is that all of these cards we've seen in the past with double, all these creatures with double pips we've seen in the past are usually common. And so the decks I've been seeing with Sandworm have like one, maybe two, and it's like this very big fun like game where like if they if you let them fight with it, they're gonna get it again. Um, but actually, like it's not. Um, it doesn't eat up that much power, and in the context t- context of Equidon, like they kind of need it. <laughs> um, yeah. Um. So I've actually been really happy with the balance of it. Um. Which is so is not to say I'm like unhappy to see it. Just like it's underperforming, and that's like good for me. You know. <laughs> totally. That's so interesting. I'm- I think it's well designed too. Like the fact the art is a sand, like it going in and out of the sand, it goes in and out of your deck. Like yeah. I think it's a, it's a really well designed flavor wise card, and it's cool. But I, I see what you're saying. I mean, it's I have one in a deck. It's it's basically got the it's got a discard pip on it as well, and I pretty much play it and I just reap out with it and let it capture Ember for a while while and just have it sit there as just a, a big body that has to be dealt with and can be a store. So um, yeah. I do like the card, but I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. It's it's not. You're not excited, but you're not disappointed in any way, really. It just it just exists. It's good. Yeah, it's one of the better cards in Equinon. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why don't you kick this one off, Sydney, for the House Mars? So what? I'm kicking it off because I haven't actually. Oh, sorry, gotten... I skipped Geistoid. Sorry, I skipped Geistoid. We're no, going Geistoid. Let's do Mars. Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah why so don't we I... save Geistoid till the end then? Love it. New kids uh, yeah. on the block at the end. <laughs> uh, I, I get to kick off House Mars because I uh, 
haven't really gotten to play with it very much. I've only had it played against me. So I haven't get I haven't gotten to strategize around it. I haven't gotten to c- consider how it it works with the other cards in my deck. I think that I am I'm very much looking forward to it. And yes, I have a lot of decks with it, especially my named decks, but I've been only opening decks sealed from my my displays because for some reason I I feel like I want to know the set better before I jump into the decks that are special to me because I don't want my lack of ability to love this set to affect how I feel about the decks that were named so that's just just a personal thing on my part so I I will let you two take Mars away okay um well for me it's gotta be the the cards that have been surprising me have to be um, these old artifacts, airlock, and feeding pit, which get totally recontextualized in um, Grim Reminders. Sure. They each discard a card from your hand uh, and give you a benefit. In feeding pit's case, an amber. In airlock's case, a card. Um, and that kind of like uh, consistent um, discard has uh, like. Those have been cards that I kind of liked in the past, but here with like the ability to like hit scrap effects and um, like just getting you closer to haunted uh, feels like so much better. Um, and like that's one of the things that has really pleased me about the set in general is like seeing these old cards find new li- life. And those are like some of the prime examples for me. Cool. Amazing. Um, What's been disappointing for you? Oh God, uh, I would say the continued use of um, <laughs> of archiving enemy cards like Glimmer Spore and um, that creature. Uh, yeah, any of those are really disappointing to me because like scoop y- even Scoop Up like is pretty good. I like it a little bit more because you get to archive one of your own creatures, right? That's like. Mm-hmm. Good, but the reason I don't like them is because of cards like um, Destructive Analysis and Crop Circles, mm. which purge cards from your um, archive to like gain a benefit, and they just don't work with those cards because of the way the rulings work. Um, they, they instead go to your opponent's hand, and you don't gain the benefit of Crop Circles or Destructive Oof. Analysis. Um, yeah, so I'm that's not a fan been of that rule. I think yeah. I think you should be able to purge from the archive i understand if it leaves it goes back but i think if you're doing an effect to the card it should still take effect because it like what's the point of doing that at the end of the day like it it seems to lose i think that rule doesn't make sense personally yeah yeah that's the frustrating thing for me with mars this set yeah that Um, makes sense yeah destructive analysis was the card i have i'm like i don't get this it it literally is a rare that says i mean i i feel like it's a rare because it's bad not a rare because it's good yeah. you know like maybe if it like archived a card too right like but no yeah 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 but um it's it's a basically a rare that deals two damage and gives you a pip that's literally how i read that card so it's frustrating so i like yeah. how between the three of us we only came up with one bad card in mars mars best house i mean <laughs> Yeah, that that was that was actually really hard. Coming up with a bad card was was hard for me. Um, the card that I really like in this set, though, and it's a common, is um, Abductomatic. It's a four power creature Ooh. with two armor. That's a robot that has an after fight ability. If you're a haunted capture two, but then it also has a parachute, so you can just pull the cord if you need to, and says scrap the least powerful friendly creature captures too. So you can either plan for it, or if it's all you got, then you can just discard it and make it work. I just love the flexibility where you can plan ahead with this 
It's got the two armor, so it's got some staying power. And then if you just need to get a parachute, you can just get rid of it and do it that way. I think it just is a very flexible card, and yeah. the artwork is is amazing. I love the list, <laughs> little robot. True. Totally. Like, yeah. The scrap has like two benefits over like the creature. Where like not only does it not worry about being haunted, so you could use it kind mm-hmm. of whenever, even when like the timing would otherwise be unfortunate. But also it's instant, right? Whereas like yeah. the abductomatic like also needs like a future Mars turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I really, I really like it for that. So yeah, Mars, Mars is definitely um, up there for houses for me in this set. I, I love the way it works together. I, I feel the identity of Mars has really been honed for this set in a way that is it's both thoughtful and less chaotic, but still has the yep. chaos that Mars brings. Cause I, I felt they leaned too heavily into the chaos of Mars within itself sometimes in the past where maybe that's what they wanted, but I feel it's been very, um, they've, they filed down the edges. So it's a little more smooth. We'll say it's not as rough around the edges. Yeah. Sure. And like, I think it's also the house in the set that has the most like witches, you know, like the creature you have to kill. Otherwise yeah. like you might just lose to like the temple yes. they gain off their Mars turn, which right. is really cool. I love seeing that again. And I've seen yeah. people use key abduction. Like I haven't oh. actually yet seen people use it to forge a key. Like they're using it to draw back their Mars cards to their hand to play them again, or especially like with Iron X Rebel, like they're playing them mm-hmm. and then getting the effect of the other Mars cards doing their thing again. Like I've, I love that this card now has a completely different meaning in this set. Yeah. That's like Mars in general. Cause June, you talked about all those artifacts that have existed before and now they literally have a new meaning and new life. Mars yeah. has come back in this set and because of the identity of the set, it's really embraced Mars in a new way that's really interesting. Like old cards play completely differently. They're utilized in different ways. And I, I think that's amazing. Like I, I hope we get to see more of this. Like old cards come back. Mm-hmm. You may have been like, oh, whatever. But now you're like, oh, this is actually not whatever. This is amazing within these new abilities. Yeah, I love that recontextualizing because in Coda these cards were extremely frustrating to me, like Key Abduction and Total Recall, because they returned your Mars creatures to your hand, but there was only one Mars creature in Coda that had a play effect. Play effect. And it cared, it only did anything if you had ready Mars creatures, so if you bounced everything, <laughs> didn't do anything. Um, wow. And like, finally, these cards like mean something outside of, you know, like Key Abduction, Alliance garbage and all that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, right. All right. Next Star Alliance is next. Yeah. Star Alliance is next. June, why don't you uh, kick this one off? Sure. Um, let's see. So the card that is most surprising to me is Modular Exoskeleton. Ooh. It's an upgrade that gives four power to a creature, but at the beginning of your turn, you can return it to your hand. Um, and that's at the beginning of any turn, right? So it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be Star Alliance. Um, so there are sometimes cases where like you need an extra card for a reason, um, something to discard while you have like too many discard pips. Um, it's really flexible there, but it's also really rewarding to like mill off the top of your deck with like a boo or something. Cause then you're like, Oh, sick on a future star Alliance turn, I guess an extra card that rules. And mm-hmm. also like you're putting it on your really dangerous star Alliance or like Mars or untamed creatures. Um, and saying, okay, like this is going to be way harder for you to destroy. It's six instead of two power. And um, when you do, I'm just going to do it again on a future Star Alliance turn. Like it, it's totally. a very flexible card. It's really cool. It's a little bit like an artifact almost. Absolutely. Yeah. I opened one of my KFC decks 
and I opened another one. But the one in my KFC decks, it came with a capture pip, which is amazing Ooh, because that's so cool. getting it back, I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that card. It's it's a really yeah. interesting thing to have where you just keep getting it back. I, I really am a fan of that part of the card. Totally. Yeah. Um, Your disappointment? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> disappointment with Star Alliance is actually pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of cards that I just love. They're actually kind of surprising me to be um, the most like consistent house. Um, and I'm not sure I can really find one other than I'll just say like the upgrade creatures feel still a little bit slow with this new game where like again like I don't like upgrades a ton um, when they're not uh, protecting your creatures because they just they keep you from getting haunted and they don't really add much to the board so that, that's it for Fair. me it's just, I don't like those too much it's it's funny you say that because that kind of like that is so different from how I see the house right now because so I'm I'm gonna hop into my disappointing first because it isn't one particular card what I'm seeing is a lot less of what Star Alliance used to be because they sure. have a lot less play effects. Their play effects are really awesome. Like I have a favorite and the favorite Star Alliance, once I get there, like super awesome, but only on Reap. And then they have like their upgrades, like plus pl- power, plus splash attack. It feels like they're, mm-hmm. they're, they have less house cheating in their actual text and more house cheating in the, the concept of you probably want to give that plus power to a card in a different house or plus splash attack yeah. upgrade to a card in a different house. I feel like their their ability to be hard hitting has has just dissipated and now they really are much more of a support house. Yeah. Um that's true. So that's that's where I fall on the disappointing but the actual the the fun and surprising one was uh retro technician lee <laughs> or lay. It only has one uh one L. So this reads, it's a creature, only two power, and says, if you're haunted, retro, retro technician Lee enter, enters play ready. But then after reap, you may play a creature from your discard pile. So I absolutely love how crazy awesome that can combo. And especially because only two power, likely only going to survive one turn. So it kind of becomes a play effect, which is awesome if you're haunted. So I've, I've seen this card too many times in my opening hands where I, I have to either play it and hope he survives or hold on to it and wait till I'm haunted. So I really, really like this card when he goes off because it feels much more like the Star Alliance I love. Okay. Yes, I, I completely agree. I think it's such a fun card. And at Common, it's, it's really nice. So I have a completely different perception of star alliance than what you just said sydney is i this is one of my this has always been one of my favorite houses and it still is now and i know a lot of people thought star alliance was actually one of the lesser houses in this set and i can see how you look at the cards but from the decks i've opened so far i've actually had an abundance of star alliance in the way it's worked but the the way the composition of the cards are coming together, like the things you're seeing more often, I really like that. So there there is things that are like, you know, meh or not that great, but I, I find what I'm getting seems to be what I want from Starline. So I'm I'm really enjoying it for that reason. And 
um, the card that I've been enjoying the most from this uh, this set is actually it, it surprised me, and that's why I chose this one. is It's called Essence Entangle, and it's an upgrade mm. that gives you a pip, and it says this creature gets X power, where X is the number of Ember on this creature, and then it has a minus strap. X power. Minus X, sorry, minus X power, yeah. yes. That's actually the key part of the whole card. <laughs> and it's a comment, and it says, scrap, move one from a creature to another creature. Um, this feels like hate for dinos and sanctum so hard because it bypasses armor. They like mm. capturing on these creatures, and you can literally just take something out and get your ember back. It can be taunted. Like, there's so many things that I just feel like it's it's provides this flexibility when people are are exalting or I mean that's interesting to think about. There's like no exalt in this set, which is really weird. I just kind of realized I haven't seen that, which yeah. is kind of weird to think about because it's been so present. But um, it just it's just something to combat that. So I think this is going to have a lot of really uh, great application when you go out out of set to play it. So I'm I'm really excited for that. And it's a common like I've got decks with two of them in it. Um, it's showing often. Uh, I think it's one of those um, cards that it's it's like a, it's a tool. It's it's not something that you necessarily are excited for every time. But there's going to be situations where you're really grateful that you have this card in your deck and you can utilize it in that moment. I think. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, I mean, it's it's it instantly is a combat to covetous Hema because it's three power capture three, <laughs> so it literally takes that out right away. So that's that's one fun thing. Um, and the card, okay, the card that I don't like so far, and I'm I'm auto discarding right now for this card. Wow, it's into the warp. So it's an action that says oh. play. Each player discards the top card of their deck, destroy each creature that shares a house with a discarded card. What? That's literally wild wormhole with no upside, except it, like you have no control over your board getting wiped, and I I'm not a fan of that idea, and it's yeah. burned me badly. Like I played it one time because I'm like, oh, let's just play this card, and I was like, oh, so I'm never playing that again. Cool, noted. Like it just burnt so hard. It's like one, especially when you have joint houses, it's really, it's really scary. I mean, if you can have a clear board and your opponent has stuff, that's I think there is good, but. It feels too much of a roll of the dice if you don't have anything that can sort of like there is there are cards that let you look at the top now and stuff. There's a few of those, but I mean, they're not as common as we've seen in the past. So I just think it's more of a liability than a um, a card that you want, really. Yeah, that that card feels like it should have had a pip. Yep. All right. Uh, what do you got for Unfathomable? For me, Unfathomable? Okay, well, Unfathomable is going down as one of my most disappointing houses. <laughs> oh, no! Um, and I was upset because I I liked the look of Unfathomable. Like, when I look at the cards, like, when I was doing this, I'm looking at the cards, I'm like, I don't see, like, they don't look bad. Like, I don't really have it. I'm like, I'm trying to figure this out. And it's somehow the way the cards are coming together are not exciting, and there are a lot of just creatures that the they have effects, but they're not that impactful i think is the way to look at it. it's just like they're cool but they're i'd rather have this so it's yeah. feeling a very underwhelming house i'm gonna join you on this one actually um the my least favorite thing about unfathomable in this set is that there are like eight common creatures that don't do anything when you play them except like maybe capture amber um so they just have no effect really except putting out a body um and it just kind of makes the house feel really slow um, mm -hmm. yeah 
that's been uh that's been my my major kind of overall disappointment the the one card that has been disappointing for me and i i may not be the only one who says this is the the arcane transmitter yes yes mm-hmm. is that do on enough. your list too yeah oh, it's yeah. just i don't like that it's double like the way it works is just like discard the top four cards of a player's deck um i think the scrap ability honestly might have more use at times so you can if you get things like i've the one thing i have noticed playing lately is there are ways that you can really manipulate the game so you are going to have this very very lopsided turn for a house or two where you can create where i'm about to just vomit a whole house onto the board and do you have an answer to that because if not you are in serious (laughs) trouble that is one thing i have noticed as a theme within um this and i feel like this is the way you can do that you're getting down you start getting things in a certain way you can literally just shuffle it back get it going i mean i'm I'm not disappointed sometimes to shuffle my discard i've had situations where that is actually the move i want um especially if you have cards that can then do a mass dump in back into your your discard pile Mm -hmm. like you're you're prepared for it where you can just like i'm gonna get my good stuff back and then go back again like i think it's it's really interesting yeah, so, one thing to note about that is that scrap effects happen after the card hits the discard pile. So you will infinitely be able to arcane transmitter your your discard into your deck. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, so it goes in and then happens. Yep. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I I feel like uh, arcane transmitter is also on my list, but for like different reasons too. Like I I feel like the top four cards of any player's deck you're just choosing to make your opponent haunted. So unless they're yeah. like down to one or two cards and then you put it into their discard to try and make them flip faster, which they again have control of, I, I feel like it's one of the things where my experience with it just, I hate discarding blindly. Like doing it from my hand is one thing, but from the top of my deck is just painful to me. Um, and I, I do want to give it one uh, one credit because there are very few cards in the whole deck, and this will come into our next house, that makes Sabir the medium good. And uh, I'm just going <laughs> to drop that here because um, this, this is one of those cards, but uh, that makes Untamed even better. But yes, yeah. so the, uh, my uh, – oh, go ahead. You still have a do, – do you my, have anything my- that makes – it good? I do have a good one. I actually have a card that I really like. It's an uncommon and it's called unfortunately it's it's it needs a turn, but if it's not answered, it is really great, especially if you're going against that situation I described where they can throw out a whole house. Um and it's Hukaru Icefin and it's a three power mm-hmm. scientist aquan. It says after reap, choose a house, exhaust each creature of that house. Um I was I've been fish bowling and this worked really well against a fellow unfathomable deck because I have a Omnipus deck. And Omnipus is awesome in this because you get to discard <laughs> the top eight cards of your deck. Like I was yeah. like, wow. I only had three tentaclids, which I feel is like the perfect number. So it's not dredged down. You can reap for four. Um, the fact that you're discarding more means you could have more of them in your discard to begin with. And I just had this amazing like I, I i did this effect where i suddenly had a whole like my entire unfathomable house out and there was so much taunt that i was daisying daisy chaining taunt so it was every other creature was taunted so it was just 
and the, and this deck was facing off and it just went reap exhaust and stun uh, exhaust all of your your unfathomable so you have to take a whole turn doing nothing in that house and you know that you're kind of stuck so it, it i found it very very helpful as something to board control for tempo's sake like your your opponent just said hey guess what i am now going to go into check next turn and i will be able to do it every turn unless you have a board clear it buys you a turn, especially if you happen to have, you know, this unfathomable that you you have going on and it's not that helpful. You can then cycle them and this buys you a turn to get into your other houses. I just think it's a a very nice card to give you some some uh, time, buys you time sort of thing. Totally. So uh, what's your, your favorite, Sydney? So I just want to. So I have another card on my bad list that I just I have a question for you, <laughs> you too. So. Okay. Did Thalassophobia just get even worse? Because, like, in yes. Dark Tidings yeah. and Woe, it was a whatever, like, it really couldn't see the benefit or the the detriment. But, like, literally in this set, it's just making your opponent haunted if they aren't already. It's just get out of haunted card is, is how I read it. Is that you have to get at the time when, you by doing this, you know at the end of their next turn they're flipping. They're going to shuffle. That's, really, yeah. that's the right. only way I see it, yeah. For me, like, Intraset, like, yeah, it's a terrible card. Intraset, I could see it being, like, have being valuable cards since there are unfathomable cards that care about your opponent being haunted. It just sure. gets them there in time. Mm-hmm. But, like, within the context of Grim Reminders, yeah, it's, like, a very disappointing, like, probably a discard. Right. Whereas totally. before it was just a pip, now it's just nothing. Yeah, Absolutely. So I do I do have a a pair of cards that I liked and only because they they came together kind of cool for me. I don't know if they're like exceptionally amazing, but so in Unfathomable, I was able to get uh a three copies of uh Koriki Germinator uh, as a five power creature. It says play after we put a card from a player's discard pile on the bottom of their deck. And then in that same deck is two copies of the creature Immersion Near, which is five power. And says, after Reap, discard the top three cards of any player's deck. So at one point, because you know when you first start playing sealed games, you're you're more focused on like what your deck's doing than actually like, I, I don't know about you two, but then destroying your opponent. So I had all five of these on the board and my opponent and I were just really having fun doing what our decks could do without really thinking about destroying the other person or stopping their combo. So they were out for long enough where I was at the end of my deck and I was able to use... Um, the three Karikis to like put one or two things at the bottom of my deck and then use the Immersioneers to discard the top so that I would draw exactly the one I wanted and the exact number of them I wanted. And so that was a lot of fun. I will say the one drawback is that they make you do it. So it's not a may, it's put a card and discard the top three cards. So if I wanted to like get a specific card or only put a certain number underneath, like the way that it worked, I I couldn't reap with all five every turn to make the right things happen. So I uh, it, it it was a bit of a drawback, but it was really fun while I did that for like two turns in a row. You could always point it at your opponent, though. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, for the uh, discard the top three cards of any player's deck. Yes. Oh, and put a card from a player's discard Both. pile. Genius. All right. Well, see, that is why. We'll see. That is why. You are a, an amazing Keyforge player, and I uh, need to read cards. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good at reading cards. Um, <laughs> my surprise of this set has been um, Dark Discovery. 
because mm-hmm. um, when they were uh, releasing cards, um, they uh, they teased Bima forgetting, and they showed the Dark Discovery was being reprinted. I was like, that's cute. Like, yeah, there's another support. Um, I have a deck with three Bima forgetting. Oh my god, Dark Discovery. And on turn one, I was able to discard two cards from my opponent and Dark Discovery. So I forged a key, gained three Ember. And my opponent's first turn was on four cards. That's um, insane. It's insane. Like, actually, like, this is, like, a very powerful um, thing and, like, something I'm going to be seeking out in Unfathomable decks for all of the set, probably. Totally. That's yeah, really I opened cool. a double Dark Discovery deck. Which what? is so cool. pretty wild. Yeah, it's when you get it together, the extra things, it's it works really well. Um, yeah. It just gives you the... I mean, it's harder to get both of them to go off, but you just have more tools to ensure that one is successful is how I kind of view it. And then you still yeah. have it, obviously, which is great. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's... I'm glad they reprinted that in this set. It really gave it new life. That's really cool. So now we go into... Untamed, which I think collectively we had the most audible sigh of disappointment from what we saw versus what we got. Because that's kind of a little discussion. Like I feel like we could, we could have done a whole episode just on this alone. Right. Is what you see that exists in Untamed is actually really exciting. There's really cool things. You're like, oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to see all that come together. But then the way the algorithm is actually putting everything together, it's actually making this house just it's not it that's there, there's no other way to put it it's unfortunately just it's making me sad that's that's the way i gotta phrase this like i feel sad yeah. when i see what i what i have um sydney i kind of want you to start this off because i think out of all of us you were the naysayer that what are you guys talking about oh uh, and you were excited for it so so what tell us about your experience that led you to be like yes i agree with you now so I, they're just, there are a handful of things that are really awesome. And I, I think the, the first one I, I hinted at earlier, and this one is a creature, Sabir the Medium. Yes, she's a rare, but she she's four power and reads, after you shuffle your discard pile into your deck, gain three. So if she's on the board, every time you do that, you gain three amber. So I don't know if like, because it's such a specific thing that you have to do if she'll be a target your opponent I guess would have to have read your archon card or like assume from your houses if it's sealed that they know that you might have some of these and that's where arcane transmitters and the unfad the um scrap effect might actually be helpful but if you put this together um with spooky charge then what it reads is it's an action and untamed. If you're haunted, forge a key at current cost and then shuffle your discard pile into your deck. So you do already have to have the amber. But what happens is that also shuffles your discard pile into your deck. So you can end the turn with a key and three amber more than you started if Sabira's on the board and you play Spooky Charge. So yeah. it, it was a really, really cool thing for me to find out. I originally, when I first tried it, didn't realize that the three amber came to me after I forged. So... I had to I had to rework that, but uh, it was it was just so much fun when I played that for it to end my turn with almost as much amber as I started. Yeah, mm. that is cool. And, and then uh, I will say, so my, my my favorite card in the whole house is actually not not that amazing, and uh, it is my favorite card because it was the spoiler that Ghost Galaxy gave us, Invigorating Shower, and I know that everyone's gonna say, no, you're crazy, it's amazing, it's fantastic. 
try having this card in your opening hand multiple games in a row and trying to get haunted. Like, I love this card end game and it is so fantastic when you get to play it for a huge effect, but it also has no pip. So it isn't great unless it works for specifically what you want. Now it doesn't enhance other cards in the deck. So it actually, so yes, it is kind of amazing. Again, this card is amazing. And yet every time I've had it, it's been in the first couple of turns and prevented me from being haunted or just a discard because it doesn't even have a pip. Yeah. I hear that. Um, yeah, I'm. That's my my that's my my no card in this. Oh, in this set. that's so sad. And the reason being is because it's common. I think if this was an uncommon, oh. I would be more okay. I've had I've opened a lot of untamed decks, unfortunately, so I've gotten to see the true disparity of cards that I don't want. Um, but I've had three of these in a deck. I've had two of them show up a lot. Like they're they're coming in droves, and I don't want it. Because um, once you have two one, in your hand, it kills the effectiveness. Yes. the 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 one thing I will say is I've had some insane geistoid turns, and I think it's in my Omnipus deck. So I was actually able to use it where I threw all like i've had some really great turns with this card the problem is it's showing up too often that's the thing like i mm. think if this was an uncommon you just got one maybe two occasionally it'd be better but it's taking up slots i don't want to be taken up but it can be extremely powerful for you where you can create this like you can have a really big turn and i think that was the intent of it the problem is if it's coming too frequently and it's just a dead card in your hand like there's no pip on it there's nothing i mean it doesn't even have a, it would be cool if it had a scrap ability like i feel like this is an ideal card for a scrap ability because there's times when you may not want to yeah. use it exactly huh? totally so um I, yeah that's that's just the thing is i i, I just find it's, it's coming up flat for me in in that regard sure yeah is there something that's been working though? A card that yeah, there's actually a card that I really really like, and it's uh, came back wrong. I really mm. like this card because it's it's play a creature from your discard pile and attach came back wrong to it as an upgrade with the text. This creature gets minus two power and gains poison. Um, really interesting card because of the fact that it's an action that becomes an upgrade. We've seen creatures that become upgrades, so I just like it for the recursion. It has it. it you know what it is? This is reanimate from Magic: The Gathering. That's what this is. Uh, but sure. they, they keyforge the crap out of it by calling it "came back wrong," and the art and everything. I just think it's it's a it's a really great card because it allows me to utilize my discard in an interesting way. And if you have cool play effects as well from creatures like it's it's phenomenal i'm i'm actually a, a big fan of this card i really like this i wish this was common and invigorating shower was uncommon i wish they swapped sure. rarities because i i really like yeah. them. yeah yeah i can hear that um for me the cards that's been really surprising is bog spitter <laughs> it's Ooh, like okay. it is one of my favorite scrap effects in the set um it's scrap if your opponent has six or more amber you steal one um and just the ability to have, like steal on a scrap is like yeah, that's amazing. That's a lot to your other cards, your other turns. Um, even in untamed, it like does uh, it. It can do something that untamed doesn't do often. Um, and not only that, like it's it's a somewhat threatening creature on the board. Like three power skirmish, and after fight, discard a random card from a player's hand. So you could choose your own, but you can most often choose your opponent and um 
it just actually feels like a real threat. It always feels like a relevant card. Totally. Um, and and I, I was I'm loving the yeah. art too. Like, look at its face. <laughs> yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah. I I was watching um uh Tabletop Royale and Nathan had out three bog spitters and just like had a like there was no reason to call any other house just because right. he limited just into three cards. Um it's a it's a cool card. I like it at common. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. It is a cool card. And just because I want to try and convince you guys that Untamed is awesome, I'm gonna I'm gonna very very short, very very quick throw out a, a couple other fun combos. So, uh, Rot Feast and Amberstorm were like super incredible. They're both actions. They both have pips. And it Rot Feast says for the remain play for the remainder of the turn, gain an amber each time a creature is dealt damage. And then if you have Amberstorm, that is an action play for each amber in your pool, deal one to an enemy creature. And Amberstorm is common. So Rot Feast is uncommon. But if you have one Rot Feast and then multiple Amber Storms and you're hitting multiple creatures because you've already gained two Amber by the time you're playing Amber Storm, it has a pip on each card. So if you're starting the turn with a lot of Amber and they have a lot of creatures on the board, you're literally bursting up to like what the, the maximum amount you can possibly burst or if you would like killing creatures that are threats on the opposite side of the board, maybe behind taunt or, or whatever. Like it's just that combo was so amazing. And then just like a, I'll throw it out there without actually describing it. Cause I know I'm talking a lot about untamed, but haunting witch and then pester grove, the artifact. So haunting, Witch gives you an amber when th- uh, creatures come into play and then pester grove makes every creature enter play enraged so if you are just playing untamed to to play creatures and you're also like affecting your opponent because your opponent's creatures now they have to fight whereas if you're just playing you're getting amber just because they're entering the board so sorry okay untamed rant over (laughs) yeah well i want to add one thing to your rot feast rant yes the common cold is like suddenly a good card (gasps) if you have rot feast because it deals one to each creature so like you're gaining like nine amber it's insane oh my god (laughs) Love it. Yeah. And it also has an amber on it. Yeah, yeah. And destroys each Mars. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I suddenly want Common Cold. Right? <laughs> um, the card that's been uh, a little bit disappointing for me is actually Spooky Charge. Um, <gasps> it is a, a good card to have. It's usable. But it's a downside is really heavy when you compare it to Key Charge. Um, Interesting. You know, you're forging for six instead of seven, but at the cost of only being able to do it sometimes, like when you're haunted. Um, so it's, it lines up even less often than key charge does, where like often key charge was like kind of like a hold for a while and it wasn't great. Now it has to also line up with your haunt. And then when you do, it shuffles your whole discard pile back in. So you're not haunted again, right? Um, and spooky charges is at the end, so it's just like uh, it, it is hard, much harder to pull off than key charge. Um, it's it's more often dead, and it has a pretty bad downside. Um, so I, it is like it can definitely have a place in your deck. I mean, like with Sabira, that's kind of cool, but um, it's just uh, it's a it's a lot harder than it looks to use. The the sad thing for me is you can't nepseed it because you've shuffled your discard into your deck. So bringing it yeah. back immediately doesn't do anything yeah. in the same turn. Yeah, unless you've discarded it on the previous turn or something, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, it sounds like we've got one last house. Yes, Geistoid. And 
Um, I'm just going to say we save the best for last. Does that seem fair? <laughs> yeah. Convince it me. might be my Convince favorite me. house now. Yeah, Ooh. me too. Um, everything about this house, I I absolutely love. Like, I, I actually don't have a bad card. I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it from my experience of using it. There may be some cards that I haven't played yet that would be, I would say, are disappointing. But so far, I I truly like, like all the cards. They, they all seem to have an effect like this feels like when we got star lines for the first time in a way uh, yeah. it just is yeah. a lot can happen a lot's going on it, it utilizes something new very well um yeah i truly love this this house it's definitely my favorite for so many reasons all right yeah. give us some of those reasons give us some of those cards well we're already an hour into the episode i don't think we have another hour to be honest with you guys um, <laughs> <laughs> give us your one favorite can I say one so I would say the one card that I seem to love the most and prioritize over all others for wanting is in here somewhere. If you're haunted, archive mm-hmm. two cards from your discard pile. Otherwise, discard the top five cards of your deck. I will wait to be haunted for that card because I want to recur. Um, not going to lie, it could be, depending on where I'm at with things, it could be Hallowed Eve Festivals, which is an action. Discard the top five cards of your deck for each Geistoid card discarded this way a friendly creature captures one that's when i want back sometimes uh be our geist which is choose a creature in any haunted player's discard pile play that creature as if it were in your hand um there's even times where i'll choose boo which is discard the top 10 cards of your deck so it's like i'm preparing to flip and get haunted again right away like i i like the flexibility it provides for staying haunted in different ways and boo's common so you can get that easy um the the other card though that um Mehmet is just like who doesn't love Mehmet? I think that is I, I truly think it's the best card in the set at common. I'm just gonna say that just from what it does. Like I love what it creates for me, and you see it so frequently. Yeah. Um the what there is a card, oh, Winds of Death. Can we talk about this card? I don't know if we should. We need like a, a this to episode. me is this is to me is the most problematic card in the set, um, and I feel like is is like near mistake territory. Um, yeah, it's it's obscene. It's obscenely good. Uh, it's it seems happened to on like have- both sides. So so help me understand why Whoa. it isn't just a a power level creep for both sides. Like a okay, game okay. answer. All right. Uh, remember that boo and yeah. uh, and like. Hallowed Eve Faster in, are in yep. uh, Geistoid. Mm-hmm. Junk Restoration is in Geistoid. Um, yeah, and also you're oh. playing it when you want to. So uh, I like to liken it to um, Binate Rupture. Binate Rupture is also an even card. Um, and if you were able to play it at any point of your turn, it would mm-hmm. be like ridiculous, right? Because you could reap up and like double all that, or you could steal some and. and and double that, right? Um, but it has alpha, so that keeps it a little bit more fair because you 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 don't get to set up the mm-hmm. perfect scenario and then Providing. fire it. You're you are you're you're saying like I have this card in my deck. You can play towards it whenever you want to, uh, and I might get the chance to to do it if you if you mess up. Winds of Death says like I'm gonna create the like perfect scenario where like even turn one play a boo in Winds of Death, and I'm gonna archive four creatures. Right, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a lot. It's a it's a very lopsided effect, and like your opponent can't always 
control when they're on a reshuffle. And if the timing's wrong, like if, if you two are, are off, then it's just, it's, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. That is the most wild part is I've I had it where I was playing and the deck flipped and then I got that yeah. and it was like, uh-huh. oh, this yeah. is really broken. Like really, yeah. really broken what it gets you to do. There's, and I think there's a way you can even make your opponent flip some things in this too. I can't remember what it was. There's, there's um, making them draw? Past, future is past. Swap each player's deck with their discard pile. Shuffle each player's deck. So if your opponent had those like, oh, okay, I know you have winds of death. Uh, I'm going to make my discard pull and like, uh, and then they, they you just flip it around. Here's your set. Oh my gosh, that's insane. This also though, yeah. like it feels like it needs setup. Like I know you're you're listing out cards that make you discard, and those need to be there because otherwise they're common. This is a, that's true. They're common cards. Yeah, that's the thing. And if you have in here somewhere, you can literally just save it. Do it again. Yeah. You can just like put it away and save it for a rainy day when it, it makes sense to you. Like it's sure. It's it's really really wild the way the way it works like i was um yeah it's it's creatures so that's the thing as well if you have a high creature count as well that's another thing is you can utilize that as well so there's there's all these really interesting um scenarios that are going to come into play but i i think it's like i have decks with two of them so which means i can set it up in even a different way uh, oh go ahead i find often that when i play it I archive all my creatures and I'm just like, okay, my deck is insane now. It's just actions. <laughs> like, I was literally just going to say, yeah. so outside of thinning your deck of creatures, like yeah. talk to me about like the benefit of if you're archiving all your creatures, not only are you archiving all three houses, but then what you're doing is once you pull those into your hand, you then have hand like turns and turns full of creatures let's say you have at least six from one house or not even six uh, a total of six from two houses then you basically need to clear your hand to be able to get the creatures out so that you can even draw more cards so i guess what you're saying is this is amazing for thinning your deck because unless you have a set of creatures that leads to a game-winning combo and you don't fear not drawing for a long time this this card feels it feels situational but if you can pull off that situation insane well think about this you just said you're not going to draw for a long time so if you have the right thing you can be like i'm now haunted for as long as i want to be well that's even worse though because what you're doing is you're taking out a ton of your creatures from your discard pile and i'm not saying worse as in bad i'm saying a a balance to this you're taking out Mm -hmm. a ton of your creatures from your discard pile so you could go from having like 12 cards in your discard pile to having six you know like what you're doing is you're also removing and if you leave them in your archives to thin your deck you're removing the ability to be haunted like because you flip faster like i i see how amazing this is and you guys are getting me excited to play it but i also like i i don't i don't think it's so crazy ridiculous insane that it like breaks things but i i i still i haven't played with it yet so yeah, it, it, it really also remains to be on, seen. We're, we're yeah. pretty early in the set, right? Yeah, totally. And there's but, also the fact that it's it's going to be one of those things where, as well, it, it has to do with the composition of 
how many creatures you have. Because if you happen to have a house that has like eight creatures, then you're you're putting down something that is like you. If you have eight creatures, you are calling that house over and over until it's dealt with because that's eight ember every turn. If they have cool effects or they have taunt, all that sort of stuff, it leans toward that. So it's gonna depend on your your house composition. Um, I mean, you could get the benefit as well where you also have your other, like one house you already played a lot of and you actually still haven't gone into your other houses yet. So you're almost doing an arise or uh, what's it called? The um, the discard where it's just one house goes into your archives. I can't remember it right now. But, oh, um, grim reminder? Yes, thank you. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is really funny. Um, yes, grim reminder. Um, that's funny. Um, grim reminder into in that way so you actually have a house that you have now available when you're ready for it so there's yeah. i don't know it's there's just i think this card will will show itself to be manipulated in in really wild ways as we go yeah. on so if nothing else you guys have made me super excited to find decks yeah. with this card in it yeah all right all right blake that's enough uh sydney <laughs> sydney let's hear from you what do so you got i i basically so on my excited about or or good cards. I actually, I, I listed a couple of the cards that Blake already listed as things that discard. And actually you did too, June, just discard cards. Because as much as I absolutely dislike indiscriminately discarding from the top of my deck, I have spent a lot of my Grim Reminders games in the first couple of turns being sad that I'm not haunted. And so <laughs> I feel like those cards in my deck are a little bit of a like an almost auto mulligan if I don't have them so that I can be haunted as fast as possible. So yeah. I personally like would probably enjoy a lot more of my Grim Reminders experiences if I was haunted for more of it. Um, and then so for my my disappointing, somebody straight up like call of need, somebody describe to me how this is even so it's basically an action with a pip. So it has a pip that says search your deck for a card and discard it. That is such yeah. like a long term, like I, unless I'm getting stuff back from my discard this turn and like, I can see it, I guess, with the card we were just talking about. But in general, I feel like it's not exciting to me. No, it's a, it's a combo piece and it like doesn't yeah. work for most decks. I mean, you can use it with like Echo Fly Prismamed, or BR Geist, um, Island of Misfit Toys. Oh, I guess Mehmet um, doesn't work. Because Mehmet, uh, because that not? card would end up being on top. Call of right, Duty so that, on top, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, but yeah, there, there are cards that like will pull from your, your deck, or like Well of Memory, right, is a great one. Sure, um, or an Invigorating Shower, I guess. Yeah, it's not it's not the best, but like if you, if you have a... I'm sure there will be a deck that really wants it. Mm -hmm. Um. But like in the end, like a boo will usually do the same job. Right. Totally. Right? Yeah. So, okay. So I'm not yeah. at least I'm not crazy. I, I guess no. I need to find cards that go really well with it. But yeah, so that yeah. was that was my only like like specifically disappointing card. I hear that one. Um, yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh for me, the I don't have a disappointing card. I have a standout card and a cool combo. Love um, it. Okay. The card that has uh, really impressed me um, was Phantasmal Visit. Uh, it's an action with an amber, and it says play, stun, and exhaust a creature. So that's like already like a decent effect. It's a little bit like an Echo Pearl. Mm -hmm. um, and then it says if you're haunted, archive Phantasmal Visit. Um, and and it, it just, it, yeah. <laughs> so 
you just create this situation in which like you slow the game down um exactly how you want it to while still gaining amber so like you're you're nullifying a creature from multiple turns that's awesome um gaining an amber it's like it's like a artifact that says stun an exhausted creature gain an amber uh which is wild <laughs> it's like and i have a deck with two of these and it just feels like almost oppressive that like my opponent mm can play their best creature and I just stun exhausted, right? And mm-hmm. then like even though um like they're gonna play some more creatures, like the next turn those creatures are still stunned and then new ones are stunned. It's it, it is an engine to like really slow down the game, which is what Geistide wants to do until they can set up, it mm-hmm. seems like. Um really, really powerful card that I, I like a lot. I'm I'm looking for decks with two of them. Um, nice. or more. Um uh, a combo that really impressed me was uh, what is this card even called? Caspara. <laughs> uh, Cas- oh, uh, yeah, Caspara yeah. is a rare. It has X power, which is the total combined amber of both players, and each friendly Geistor creature gains play and destroyed. Uh, both players gain one. That applies to Caspara too when it comes into play, because that effect is active before Ooh. the play effect. Um, so this card is is I thought this was just like a trash, like rare. <laughs> like you're kind of like this is like oh, okay, but then you want to give something goofy to to Geistoid. It's actually like speeds up the game a lot. It's very similar to like a um uh, a Soul Snatcher, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And Kaspari gets really big. Um, and not only that, uh, uh, zoom your way over to Untamed, where you have the card Waste Knot. <gasps> and Caspara is pushing the amber of both players and scaling with um, the amber of both players. So whenever a friendly um, uh, Geistoid creature um, is played or destroyed, it's increasing Caspara's power by two. And then you waste not, so you gain an amber. Oh my gosh. You destroy a Geistoid creature, so that adds three amber to the pools too. And um, then you're I drew like 15 cards like oh pretty my God, easily. That's amazing. Um, wow. This this card is really cool, honestly. Um and I can see decks with it like being successful. Um and wow. I, I have one with Waste Now and Nepenthe Seed. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, I got to say. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love that so much. So yeah, no no downer card for me, just like a a weird combo and um a very powerful engine. Nice. Totally agree. Okay. Well, all right. That's, that's going to do it for this extremely long. I think this is the longest episode we've ever done. We've actually. ever done. Oh yeah, my god, we've had a, a lot to talk about. We we didn't think yeah. this through fully, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a great a great way to uh, have June's inaugural episode as an official member of Hell from Future Self. And Love it. speaking of which, we can't end an episode without our titular segment, and we call this one Help, Help from, future, from self. future Self. Sydney, I understand you have one for us this week. Yes, I do. So this is is maybe something that people have done before or has been a, a common thing for you and you don't even think about it. But I've, I've learned about a trick recently that I'm a really big fan of. So in general, I suck at sealed. I just not not good at it. In Woe, I could blame the token. It was fantastic. But now for, for Grim Reminders, with all of the new cards coming out and not being able to look at the Archon card and know exactly what I have. And I think what I'm suffering from right now is when I open a new deck, I am looking at the Archon card, seeing the cards that I recognize, and then starting to play the game, 
focusing on those cards, trying to get those things to work when not only does that prevent me from discovering new things, but it's also probably giving a detriment to my actual gameplay, like being a, if something is harder to get to or actually not really fun to do, if it's what I recognize and that's what I'm focusing on, I'm I'm losing what could be a fantastic experience. So some people at my local have started to play blind sealed and that's where you don't even look at the Archon card. You literally just open the deck, you start playing it and you deal with the cards as they come. And so that fun. is, oh yeah, it's it's amazing. That is how I found my beanstalk combo because I, I cracked open the deck and I looked at the deck and I saw the incredible untamed, which invigorating shower, which, you know, we've already talked about. And then all of the other cards that I just mentioned, like they were all in my untamed and I kept pulling off some amazing combos and not winning. And that's because I was ignoring Brobnar the whole time because beanstalk was a new word to me. And so in one of the games that I played, the it was it was at the top of my my deck and so I played it really early and I was like oh oh and then I started going crazy with my two brick nasties and all of the other giants I had in my deck so playing blind sealed is like how I'm gonna start playing all of my grim reminders games because that way I don't bias myself with the cards and combos I already know I like it yeah I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's a good I think it's a good way to approach Keyforge, you know, the discovery. Totally. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's yeah. very, very well said. That it's all about I, that's what Keyforge is. It's the discovery and limiting your ability to not discover is uh is great. All right. That's gonna do it for this extremely long, we'll call it Hell from Future Self extravaganza. Grim Reminders episode, all the good stuff that it provides us. Um, this is going to be a great set. I'm I'm excited for yeah. the way Keyforge is going to be this next year because of Grim Reminders. And I'm curious what this will all look like, our thoughts and everything, three months down the road once everyone started to really digest the set. And we've seen totally. some, some uh, events that happened. Like, I, I wonder how many people are going to come out swinging with Grim Reminders at Voltours. That's what I'm curious yeah. about. I can't wait to see the Roseville lists. Oh my gosh. So cool. All right. Um, if you want to reach out to us, the best way is actually through the Help from Future Self Discord. June, how can people find you there? Um, I'm June on Discord. They just look okay. for me. <laughs> just Perfect. looking for my name. Easy, easy. And Sydney, you're SC Steel and I'm Boulevard Blake. But I think we're, are you just Sydney now on the Discord? I think I'm Sydney on our Discord, but my yeah. username's okay. SC Steel. Perfect. Okay. And I'm just Blake on there. So um, honestly, this has been such a great episode. And June, so happy that you're a part of the crew now. And we're going to get to get to have these chats every single week. It's going to be oh fantastic. Gosh. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, we're going to have to figure out how to not go so long. But yeah. uh, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get it's there. Too fun. I, hope, I hope you all enjoyed this. And uh, until next time, friends, stay forging. Stay forging.